0: So this is the season three of the Shopee Shopa Show, and I'm starting the recording with five people from the ecosystem. It's a brand new format. It's an international team. And honestly, I don't know what will happen during this recording. So let's start with uh, the team and let me introduce you. uh Lavinia Ciardi, uh, who is uh, co-founder of NAMA Studio. Hello, Lavinia.
1: Hi, Christophe. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, um, I'm calling today from Oxford, where I live, but my agency is actually based in Milan. We are three Shopify experts, used to work for a big Shopify Plus partner in Japan, came back to Italy a few years ago, and now we work mainly with uh, sustainable and ethical brands who need to launch or migrate their e-commerce to Shopify. Lovely to be here today. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, You're welcome, Lavinia. Uh,
2: Uh, Hello, Thomas. Hello. Hello. So, So, yes, Thomas, I'm I'm I'm, I'm based in Kyoto. Today I'm in Tokyo, actually. And uh, studying using Shopify since the beta in 2006 as a seller. Launched Bento & Co on in 2008, still working on it. And the shipping app, Ship & Co, since 2015. Mostly with Japanese sellers, but not only.
0: And like me, you are a French citizen. Yes, you hear that, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Thomas. Hello, Giles. Hi, Christophe.
3: Brilliant to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm the founder of CloudShell. We're relative latecomers to Shopify, um, but Shopify has been the whole enabler for the creation of our business, which is focused on bringing the power of digital into brick and mortar stores. Uh, So you may discover a bit of a theme and an obsession in the comments that I'll be making about the role of brick and mortar stores in consumer happiness. But great to be here.
0: Welcome Giles. And it's an audio podcast. It's not a YouTube podcast, but behind you, you're very corporate for this recording because, because I can see uh, a, a digital screen and I'm pretty sure it's Cloud Shelf on it. It is
3: always Cloud Shelf on it. Yes, you're, 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 you're in the midst of a Cloud Shelf headquarters right now in London. Um, and And these are some of the most recent displays that we've created.
0: Okay, that's wonderful. Hello, Julia.
4: Hello, Christoph. Thank you for having me. Um, I am Julia. I'm the co-founder of Creative 971 I'm out of Dubai. I've um, been here since 2016 working on Shopify ecosystem. And um, yeah, myself, I'm actually from Germany and living in the UAE the past 12 years. So we became a bit more centered around Shopify and Shopify Plus because in the region there was a demand. And I think naturally for us in here in, in the culture, it was very easy to connect the dots and, and help merchants in this region. Um, a lot of challenges. There's a lot of let's um, say non-localized um, points and options, and uh, yeah, and, and interestingly to see also Robin here, which you're going to introduce next, I'm sure, because we do actually work very closely with El Omni uh, in the region as well.
0: Okay, welcome, Julia and Robin. Hello, Ruby.
5: Bonjour, Christophe, and thank you for having me. Um, I am in Canada, and I'm in Shopify's backyard. So, um, and great to see everybody here. Uh, as Julia said, yes, we have worked with Creative Nine Seven One. We have we have had sites in the UAE, and we have one in Saudi Arabia that we worked with Julia. On, um, <clears throat> I may be unique in the sense that we've been in the Shopify ecosystem since the very beginning. Uh, we've been a Plus partner since Plus was created. And uh, so I have an interesting perspective on what's going on inside of Shopify, not only because I'm in Canada, but also because we know a lot of people who are in the ecosystem that are inside. Um, for for historical purposes, um, our oldest Shopify client runs store number 600 out mm-hmm. of shopify so it's really really old um, but we do integration we're an integration platform um, and we integrate uh, shopify to uh, erp's warehouse management systems. so we do things like sab uh, microsoft d365 finance and operations we do all our development here in canada so so okay, ha- happy to be here. Kiso.
0: Yes, that's perfect. Okay. Thank you, all of you who have accepted this crazy mission to join me for this first episode of the season three of the Shopee Shoppa Show. So let's have uh, the first let's start the first part of the show, which is around all the news that uh, have opted uh, around Shopify since the last episode of the Shopee Shopper Show, which was the last episode of season two, like uh, beginning of July. So there is a huge list of news. And instead of reading and discussing all the news that will take three hours, four hours, um, I've asked you, all of you, to select uh, which news was the most important for you. So we have s- selected uh, some news. And, and, and I would like to start with the one that Giles wanted to c- talk about. We are at the end of July. Just like myself, I was just preparing my, my holidays, <laughs> uh, starting a few days after. And then it was, I think, a Tuesday that this news came out. So
3: indeed, the thing that I picked, and you'll see the connection, uh, was of course the uh, momentous announcement that Shopify was going to dismiss 10% of its workforce. Now, anybody who'd been tracking the stock price kind of guessed that something was happening. Um, But when the news came out, it seemed to me that it really consolidated something that was particularly important to Cloud Shelf's business. We'd all been into the pandemic two years earlier with this firm belief that the move to e-commerce was a one-way road, that basically shoppers would all gravitate towards e-commerce. And, and during the lockdown, something fascinating happened. I mean, in the UK, where we have very detailed statistics, the Office of National Statistics, the ONS, tracks exactly the share of, of consumer spending, retail spending, etc., And in that during the, the, the subsequent, the, the, the various lockdowns, the share of spending online, as everyone had predicted, rose and rose and rose as people discovered ways to go and buy the things online that they needed. And McKinsey published a report saying that basically e commerce has shifted forward by years and, and it's been a step change increase. Um, but then lockdowns ended. And in the UK, e-commerce had reached a momentous thirty-eight percent. Nearly four out of every ten pounds spent by consumers was online. And as the uh, pandemic ended, that collapsed down to twenty-six percent, barely higher than it was before the pandemic. And I think that it was this realization that the things that we'd seen in all of these surveys about how Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, millennials—everybody says that they like shopping in stores—but we kind of dismissed. So yeah, sure, you like stores, but actually you just go and spend online. And all of a sudden we saw evidence that people really did want to have some kind of mixed or balanced spending. And that was fascinating. And so much so that yesterday, or two days ago, um, Shopify announced that actually they're investing significantly in physical retail. Now, for those of you who've been tracking their blogs, and I'm going to stop at this point, they've been telling all of their D2C brands quite some time, open stores, do pop-ups, you need to manage your customer acquisition costs, digital alone won't cut it. Um, But this really is a couple of signs of just how seriously they're taking this.
0: Yeah, I don't know if someone wants to react on that. But what I want to say um, is that 10% view from France, for instance, of, it's big. And it. I thought, I no, I didn't thought, but I, I, yes, I thought that Shopify was not among that type of companies that would be affected that way. Okay. Um, every day there were tech companies reducing their stuff, and we understand very well why. But honestly, I felt that was a kind of shocking news. I don't know, in your ecosystem, local ecosystem, Robin?
5: Yeah I, w- I would say um I completely agree with everything that Giles has said I think I think the big challenge that Shopify merchants who run bricks and mortar stores have faced is the the integration of the online and the offline. And if you're not using Shopify POS, uh, it makes things like loyalty extremely complicated and extremely difficult. Um, you know, so I completely agree. We we've seen the adoption amongst our customer base and just generally, you know, you go into shops. We're seeing in Canada the battle between Lightspeed and Shopify. You know, Lightspeed is very strong in certain verticals, um, but Shopify is starting to take ground. Um, In terms of the layoffs, um, it's interesting to see where they cut. They cut in stuff that uh, you would intuitively think, why are they doing that? Like they cut a lot of the marketing people. So in Shopify Plus, for example, all the marketing people are completely gone. Which has created a whole pile of issues for partners and agencies and so on. And then on the dev side in core, um, one of the things I've heard from a lot of people is that Shopify had a tendency to hire and see how good people were and retain those that were good. And what they did on the dev side was they laid off a lot of these devs that had been newly hired. Um, And then Uh, Robin,
0: Robin, is it something uh, that is done by a lot of North American companies?
5: In the tech sector, yes. Okay. Yeah they'll 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 hire they'll hire they'll hire quickly and fire fast so, it's, it's, uh, yeah. So, you know, so I think, uh, you know, I think that there's there, there's a couple of themes going on. And then you couple that with the general downturn in tech and Shopify stock price just getting clobbered. Um, I mean, any, anybody who owns Shopify stock is, you know, it's, it's, you know, like every day I look at my phone and go, ooh. <laughs> it's like, so there's also an interesting rumor that go, going around right now that, and has been going around for a while, that Shopify may be a takeover target.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I've often said uh, in the Shopee Shopper show that I would see uh, Google buying. Shopify. Oh, yeah,
5: easy, easy, very, very easily. I think that the housekeeping at the C-suite that just happened uh, is a result of institutional investor pressure.
0: I sure, sure. I, as I, you mentioned, the, the stock price is so yeah. low like for some other tech companies uh, that it's difficult when you are, uh, you, you are a company with a vision and the vision it's always for the future, not of today. And then you have financial pressure for the next quarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, of course. Um, you, you, you mentioned, uh, Robin, the quarter, the, the last financial results, you wanted to say a word on it.
5: Yeah, the, the financial results, I mean, are reflective of a number of things. I think that, you know, to Giles's point, the shift back to bricks and mortar. There was an interesting um, presentation I watched the other day from chief economist of Canada's Export Development Corporation, and he showed an inverted curve of growth. And basically we are back to where we were at the beginning of the pandemic. So we've had that exponential hike and then we've come right back down again. And now we're on the same sort of trajectory that we were on. So that correction is definitely happening. Um you're seeing more of a shift to bricks and mortar, although bricks and mortar in North America and I'm sure in other parts of the world it has been completely decimated. Um, and but I think we're seeing a restructuring in the way people buy. And then you've got the impacts of inflation. Um, everybody in North America moans and groans about gas prices, but our gas prices, uh, I was down in Rhode Island in July, and I couldn't believe how cheap gas was compared to what we pay in Canada. And the Americans are all complaining about gas is so expensive. I'm not going to talk about gas prices in Europe because I know they're three times what we pay. But I mean, to come, come. come to the
3: UK, we can't afford to buy anything any longer. So Yeah, no, I've heard.
5: <laughs> yeah. you no know, but I think I think I think you have to look at the the decline in the stock prices generally has a bunch of things all coming together. One is inflation. Uh, one is the restructuring of the retail environment. The other one is the general clobbering of the tech stock. Um, if you go down the list of Google, Amazon, Open Text, uh, Salesforce, uh, Informatica, all the publicly traded companies are all down. So it's not unique to Shopify. Um, <clears throat> I, think, I think also... Uh, although I haven't seen this written, but I've heard a lot of people say this, uh, Rick Watson particularly, is that Shopify has seems to have a tendency and a track record of over-promising and under-delivering. De- under and I think that the market is starting to get tired of that.
0: Yeah, it's it's probably because Shopify doesn't have any roadmap. in, in- all the tech companies, they have roadmaps, so you know what they are going to produce and, and, and put on the market in three months and six months. And, and the philosophy, the way Shopify is built and run, uh, it's not, as I understood, compatible with providing roadmaps, because they want to be able to to change the way they are acting. And that's what they did in uh, spring 2020, when the lockdowns were all over the world, they changed their internal roadmap. And fortunately, they didn't release before uh, a public roadmap. So so they were able to, to move fast uh, on click and collect and things like that. And, and some we, we already mentioned POS um, around the table. We're seeing the, 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 the big growth of US because in France, it's, it's booming POS this year. Yeah. Is it happening the same way in some other country like Lavinia?
1: Yeah, um, in Italy, the same. It was finally released at the end of uh, spring. Um, We have been um, telling merchants that it would be coming soon for the last three years. (laughs) So it took a while, but finally it's out. And uh, yeah, I think that's going to change the Italian ecosystem quite a lot. Because as you can imagine, Italy is quite heavily based on still brick and mortar shops. Um, So yeah, let's see how it goes. But I'm thrilled about that.
0: And you have special rules in Italy, I think. for POS Yeah, software. I think
1: that's what's been holding back the release. Um, the fiscal system in Italy is quite complex and making the actual POS hardware compatible uh, and smoothly communicating with um tax uh, office in Italy, that was a, a bit of a challenge. We've been part of a research group with Shopify that was trying to actually untangle all the different rules. Uh, but I must say they managed quite well, so it's now fully compliant.
0: Hmm. And so since September 1st, you have Shopify shipping as well in Italy.
1: Yeah, that was a bit of a surprise, to be fair. Um so Shopify has signed an agreement with Poste Italiane, which is the national post postal service in Italy, which is famous to be not really reliable. So mixed feelings about this partnership. <laughs> we'll see how that goes, but yeah. Um, so definitely we can see Italy in the last three years, maybe also because we've been the first country being hit um, by COVID apart from China. So we became quite a, an important market for Shopify. Um, yeah, Shopify shipping is something we've not been um, hearing merchants asking about about a lot so yeah that was a surprise definitely useful to be able to streamline the shipping directly from the admin panel of Shopify but probably looking forward to see more like <coughs> shipping carriers available.
0: By the way do you have Shopify payments in Italy?
1: Yeah yeah since a very long time.
0: Ah yes since a very long time that's correct okay and you mentioned also in the news the new translation app uh, yeah, provided th- by Shopify.
1: That was quite a big news for us. Um, Italian stores, especially selling, especially all the made in Italy, where the sells a lot abroad. So most of the stores we work with are multilingual stores um, or multi-stores for different countries. Um, for those that are multilingual, we, we really like Lengify. We think it's a great app, but having something finally embedded in the admin panel, it's honestly a game changer. Still quite a few limitations, um, unless something has changed in the meantime, you cannot translate images. Um, Um, The way you import and export translations is not as optimized as Lengify for now uh, is. Um, But yeah, we can see a lot of potential there, especially with a smooth compatibility with uh, Shopify markets. So that's something that is going to very much change the way we work and the way our clients actually work with um, countries abroad.
0: Yes, and it's well integrated into Shopify, for instance, in uh, the theme editor. You can access directly the the app to translate content. Yeah, Mm -hmm. very
1: intuitive and no much HTML editing left anymore, luckily, because on Lengify, especially certain bits were quite hard to
0: manage. (laughs) As it can happen sometimes with uh, a platform evolving and especially with Shopify, this is the beginning of the end for the business of translation apps.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see if they can reinvent themselves in some way or complement the service. But definitely, I think that there would be a hole to talk about in that sense. But how I, I hope that we're given a heads up on that. Um, But definitely, that's going to change a lot, Um, the apps ecosystem. I think translation has been such a huge thing for a few years now.
0: Everybody's doing, uh, I think, international uh, uh, projects around the table here. I was wondering, Julia, um, with um, your particular area, I mean, uh, I'm not familiar with Arabic uh, language, for instance. Uh, Mm. Is Shopify Mm. working well in these conditions?
4: No, actually not. So I was going to say we have the biggest um, issue or cracking point in our region is Arabic, um, and the Arabic because it um, speciality that it um, right to left, so it literally needs to be mirrored. Um, the mirroring and data entry through Langify is usually what we use as well, and what we've been you know facilitating through in terms of solidity and consistency. This was really the only app. Um, I mean Shopify implementing now the um, the opportunity through Shopify directly. To be fair, we haven't checked it on Arabic yet because we rarely work when Arabizing with larger merchants and we do not want to, you know, risk or jeopardize a relation that has already been there. Um, but it is a challenge. Um, apart from that, as I mentioned earlier, our region is not having Shopify payments, so we cannot access Shopify markets, uh, cannot use the Shopify language tool, though in our region's um just to be familiar, we have GCC countries, which are seven countries, all Arab- Arabic speaking as their main uh, legal language. And then you have each of those seven countries having different currencies, um, different way of displaying currencies and, um, you know, fostering that under one channel would ideally make sense so Shopify would be the amazing solution for them, given that the localization for all parts would be um, taking place, which unfortunately it doesn't yet. <laughs> so this is what we keep telling the the, um, the merchants here you know whether it's Shopify payment uh, the market and now also I've seen the um, the collaboration so Shopify collapse and many things are an amazing um, tool and empowerment yet we are very limited in what we can do here but I think it's just showing the capacity and where Shopify is going um, will it narrow down you know will it be enabled in our region um, soon that is not sure and that's also been a bit of more frustrating part um, it's just a bit more like a bottleneck here so we could open up a lot of more um you know features and functions for the merchants if shopify were to open those markets for us but yeah we are, our hands are tied in that and so that's um yeah <laughs> sitting on 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 the waiting position sometimes it doesn't feel great but in the end you know it's what it is it's what we opted for and um we will we'll wait and see what shopify or when shopify decides to open up those um facilities to us as well
0: Yes, and we also have Thomas uh, with the Japanese uh, language. Must be something also because Japanese, it's uh, written from top to bottom, or, it, or it's Chinese. Yeah,
2: it, it can be on like, a, on like books, but you on website no. Usually, it's, uh, it's the same as left English right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But it can be both actually. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Uh, but usually on, on, online no, it's uh, it's not. So yeah, but you know, Japan won, won, was one of the first country. Where uh, Shopify sent some guys to to see, okay, what, like how we can, you know, localize with Japan. At first, actually, they thought, okay, maybe we should go to China and India. These are the countries where we're gonna, uh, you know, get customers and get bigger because, you know, India and China are so big. And and they understood that no, like market, we are not ready or like we are like completely, like way too much different. Like China is a different world. So then we focus in Japan. As soon as 2017, I guess, uh, we talk with some people there, right? and um and and so i think japanese was the first, so, second language yes
0: maybe. yes correct just first. after english yeah they translated the back office in japanese mm. even and before i knew the, other language
2: and yeah that's it so i uh, no, i mean like if i worked there we were in japanese the only thing like maybe some sellers some vendors are uh, wish like, what could we direct, like to having like a in in japanese yen instead of dollars but it, it seems like a lot of small businesses and large businesses are, like, you know, uh, understanding like about SaaS, the SaaS business model. They're okay with it. And they're okay to pay in, in US dollar, even in Japan. Uh, I'm in Tokyo, so like taking, taking taxi in taxi in Japan, you see SaaS ads on, on screen in taxi, like everywhere, everywhere I've like marketing tools, like Shopify apps, even on taxi ads, video ads and so on. So yeah, it's everywhere. Like everyone is talking about, you know, DX, you have to digital, digitalize, you have to stop using CSV and, and manual work. So it's, uh, no, all the business community is on that and it's, it's really helpful for Shopify. Actually, I learned today that Shopify Japan has about 5% of Shopify partners in the world are based in Japan. So
0: 5%, 5%. of the Shopify partners are based in Japan. In Japan, yes. This is crazy. <laughs> so yeah.
5: that, is that agencies as well as apps or is it?
2: Agencies a... and freelancers as well. Yeah.
5: Wow, that's incredible.
2: Amazing. And yes Giles.
3: So i'd like to bounce off two things that i've just heard so i, Thomas, I the 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 dollar billing that Shopify imposes on app developers as an app developer, it, it, for us, it's horrible. Because the yeah. people we're talking to don't get it at all. And with, you know, they're saying, so what is the price? We're going to say it's $49. How much is that? And especially at the moment in the UK, $49 <laughs> actually has changed quite significantly. So, yes. um, so the I mean, here's a request to anybody from Shopify listening to this. Please allow us to go and bill in local currencies. The second thing is what Lavinia was saying. Um, were Languify warned of what was coming and i think this is really important because so much yeah robin for those you're shaking your head um as a no definitely not (laughs) so so much of shopify is based on what the community of app developers are putting together and it's kind of nerve-wracking to go and think that at any point they can just choose to to
5: go out your business
3: no, oh, I think that, uh,
2: Robin, yes
5: I, I I think Giles that's always been there I mean you look at the recent development in their strategic investments I mean they invested in in, in uh, Clavio. Uh, Clavio they've invested in a whole pile of organizations and every, and if you look at where they've done their investments it's all about the checkout it's all about the money trail I think that they've always had a tradition right from the beginning of wanting to control all the features it's just there's just so much there's so many permutations out there that they just can't control at all but they've always gone strategically after specific things um it'll be interesting to see for example what they do on the b2b side because they just released their b2b apis but yet you've got SparkLayer out of the uk that are eating everything that they're putting out because shopify is um is is functionally a lot less rich One of the interesting things, though, that I've heard, um, and I heard this recently from uh, a tool in the US that um, is designed for, you know, sort of the BI stack is that Shopify will go to certain partners and say, we want you to do this. And in some cases, they've actually paid them to do it. And in other cases, they've just said, we want you to do it and we will facilitate it. So, you know, I think, I think if you're doing something that's really core. Uh, you either have to be on top of your game, or you're going to carve out a niche that they're not going to address. And
0: and you can also work with other platforms. Uh, There is a a French team, Wiglet. (coughs) They they were very strong on Shopify, but very rapidly, they switched and decided to be strong on other platforms. In case of some uh, evolutions on on Shopify that would be uh, affecting their businesses and Obviously, when you start an app or when you're doing an app and you are 100% Shopify, you have to be aware of the fact that one day Shopify will functionally evolve. That's normal. That's how everything works in the tech industry, but not only. And, and of course, for the language apps with the new Shopify app, it's obviously tough. But it's starting from uh, many years ago. Uh, it's not just with the app appearing on the market uh, this month of September. It started many years ago. Well, it's, yeah, it's the way
2: diversification. it is. And one thing, like to get back to the US dollar billing, actually, maybe not for everyone, but you can also like, not use Shopify billing API uh, to charge your customers.
0: Yeah. Yes, it's not an you, you know what, Thomas,
3: I don't think you can on the App Store any longer. They're doing everything they can to go and make that harder and harder. I think the, the last six months have seen a real change there.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: They, they, I've heard they have a challenge on their API. It means with the growing community of app uh, developers, of companies, of even Shopify stores, they are struggling to maintain their their API for everybody, I mean, with a small part of the, the bandwidth, I would say, for all the merchants, all the app developers, and they have a l- more and more um, unfair uh, competition coming from guys who are trying to take advantage of technically uh, of Shopify in a way that is not allowed. So that's why, for instance, they removed the private apps in January, end of January. Uh, immediately, they announced that private apps were uh, not available anymore for new <coughs> developments. Like uh, the day they decided, uh, they announced it. It was in in place. Uh, so they, they with two two million stores more than 2 million stores overall, uh, 8000 apps and, and more coming, that must be quite a challenge to maintain everything mm. available for the whole community, I would say. Um, sure. And Thomas, staying on, on, on you because you mentioned the news, I'm switching to another on news yep. from July. It's about the Shopify YouTube integration.
2: Yes. You know, I found it interesting because I thought actually with some YouTuber in Japan who like, and actually not in, not only in Japan, also like a French guy uh, who do YouTube channel in English actually. And like basically, these guys are like on like sit on a treasure they can't really open a treasure box. There's like they have like thousand, even like maybe million, more than a million fans uh, who are like watching them every day, every week. And, and so, and they understand like they get less and less money actually from YouTube. So they try to, you know, to, to do ads, uh, they promote some VPN or like a real product on, on their YouTube channel. That's fine. But in the long term, if they really want to be like a brand and have some revenue, uh, um, in, in the coming months, years, they have to, to, to do e-commerce. And, it's like they don't really need to do any of Facebook or Google ads because they already have like in you know, a huge community of people who, who, who look like who know them and they would probably buy from them. And so, but they know nothing about uh, e-commerce and, uh, some of it, uh, most of them are, so, you know, they know how to do like great videos and they have a lot of pressure actually to, to release some great videos every week, uh, to satisfy their, their fan. And so like, now Shopify is like, yeah, you know, offering like a, a deep, deeper integration so they can promote uh, products and, and, and sell them through YouTube. I think it, it's a it's a great idea. I guess you know, Ari and and Shopify team like they know where to find entrepreneurs. Plus, it's also a good um, a good uh, a good PR things for, for Shopify. There's not so many like thousands of YouTubers where you can do that, but there's some
0: good ones. And and all over the world, the integration is yeah. available in many 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 countries. Yes, Robin.
5: No, I was I was curious to hear Thomas's. Uh, Take also on TikTok because the TikTok I- I- integration is actually quite interesting here because a lot of Gen Z shop that way. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd be curious to know what's happening in other parts of the world there. You know, like is it the same or?
2: I mean TikTok, he used in Japan as well, but you know we hear like maybe it's gonna be like banned in the US. Um, so you know I guess there's like much more risk over than YouTube. You you gonna watch YouTube on your on your TV. You sit on your sofa, and then you 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 will <coughs> take more maybe more time to to buy something while watching your your TV. While TikTok it be on like on your cell phone, and it be not the same way, not the same thing to buy to sell probably.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. Many, yes, many many news from uh, these uh, two three months. Is the last one that was uh, handpicked by some, one of you, and it's for my own French pleasure, <laughs> because <laughs> perhaps you don't know, but on uh, August eleventh, Shopify released Shopify for wine. Robin. Mm. Yeah,
5: this is this is like their cannabis way. Um, <laughs> in in Canada, they released three years ago. They had a big push to to get into cannabis after cannab- Canada legalized, and uh, they decided that they came up with a with a Shopify Plus version that was like five hundred dollars a month specifically for cannabis people, and you could house in Canada because Health Canada had data res had data residency requirements. Too many R's there. Um, <coughs> And once they realized that the cannabis retailers couldn't pay for Shopify builds and they didn't have any money and half these guys didn't know how to run a business and um, th- that sort of thing has fizzled out. Um, we went from a high of like 20 customers on that had cannabis sites down to two currently. So it's, it's, it's been a massive change. The wine, the wine um, is interesting only in the sense that it's really targeted at the United States. In the US, you have very, very strict Uh, interstate uh, and inter-county rules on alcohol movement that are left over from the prohibition. And you have companies like Sovos with ship compliant who have built uh, applications to handle all of the interstate paperwork and so on and so forth. Um, And Avalara has gotten into that and Avalara has got that relationship with Shopify. I think what it's targeted at is the small Wineries in the United States that have wine clubs that ship wine interstate. And that's where I think that market is targeted uh, because there is no solution for these guys. And to Giles's point about POS, they're trying to put POS into a lot of these wineries because a lot of the wineries have little outlets, boutiques. And I think so, I think it's an interesting play there. In Canada, I mean, we have wine distributors. Um, in on shop by plus in Canada wineries can only sell locally, so you have to go to the winery to buy the wine, or you go to the provincial store. <coughs> Highly regulated. Um, you have distributors who are the agents. So agents that buy French wine or Italian wines, for example, um, they're allowed to sell to the public, but they can only sell by the case. They can't break a case. So those there's a bunch of them that are already using Shopify. But I really see, Gustav, unfortunately, that it's an American play. And,
0: uh, and It's interesting because uh, compliance and taxes is is tough also for alcohol in Europe. Yeah, and, and, and so I, I think this Shopify for wine is just for the U.S. for the moment. It's linked to an app named Drinks. But uh, I, I work for a big company selling whiskeys in, in, in Europe. And this is, there is the edge gate as well. You, you cannot enter a site without selling your birthday. Lavinia, you wanted to say something on that?
1: Yeah, actually, exactly what you just mentioned. Um, Europe can be quite tough, especially shipping within European Union, which doesn't really make sense if you think about it. But for wine, it's, it is actually easier for small Italian winemakers to ship to the US or to United Kingdom um, then shipping within the EU. We've been working with a very nice winemaker um, in Tuscany and uh, literally the main challenge of having them on Shopify was actually solving this issue. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was about to ask Robin, but I think Christoph you answered already. Um, for now, it's only for the US, right? Yeah. Well, I think yes. that would be nice to have in Italy. Yes, well, I, Europe as well. <laughs> I've
0: checked. I've checked for my client. It's only for the US for the moment. Yeah. And absolutely, not related, but you all have to go to Tuscany one time in your life.
4: Agree.
2: So wh- wh- why, why is it, why is it d- difficult? Like, uh, what's missing into Shopify to sell wine from Italy to, to France?
1: Um, I'll try to make it as simple as possible. Um, but if you are a company big enough, you have a so-called, in Italian, it's deposito fiscal, fiscal deposit in another country. So you have a sort of legal entity in another country and then you can ship regularly. Otherwise, it's the actual customer that has to take responsibility for the shipment. Yeah. Um, and therefore, it it's kind of the customer who has to separately book the shipment from the winemaker to his own house or wherever. Wait, you
2: mean that for B2B or that for no, B2C? No, no, for
1: B2C. Oh, really? So, so it's really... I, tricky. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we discovered there's an entire world we weren't aware of. Um, bigger winemakers and uh, distributors like Nannico, for instance, not sure if you're familiar with it, but they have um, different sort of, let's call them representative offices, which is not the proper word, but they have like invested money in having a sort oh, of, yeah, a, yeah the, the allowance of being able to ship without this uh, block in place. But if it's a smaller winemaker, same issue than in the US, I think you, you really have to kind of phrase the terms and condition in a way, which is the end customer to actually take accountability for the shipment. But it's really a gray area and therefore some risk. Yeah, Sorry.
2: we have seen like in, in the US, within the US, I think FedEx, like we have even like a special shipping labels for wine and alcohol. But actually, I mean, we ship and go, we have a couple of wine sellers in the US using our app. And they told me like they don't use this label anyway. They just need like the adult signature requirement of the for delivery, uh, and it seems okay. I don't know. This so, is a gray area.
5: So <laughs> it's it's even worse in. Canada, where liquor is regulated at, at at the federal level and the provincial level. Mm. So, me, I can't order from a winery in France, for example, because that would be a criminal offense. So, I would, ha- I could, I have to place my order through the provincial liquor Co- commission because they are the only ones that are legally allowed to import alcohol. So, in yeah. Canada, the agents...
4: It's similar in Dubai as well, actually, we can't get any liquor except from two stores that are, let's say, through the government, um, somewhat allowed to certain alcoholic licenses, like you would have your driving license. But other than that, alcohol is strictly illegal in Arab countries.
2: Yeah, so it's- so French is not that socialist. No. no. <laughs> and,
4: and,
0: and this this alcohol discussion is interesting because it shows how it, how difficult it can be for, for a global platform to mm. comply or to try to give the right tools to so everybody in each country with so much differences in the rules and yeah. in the way it's it's managed. So let's do some fashion. It's much easier. <laughs> anyway, so that's the end of the part dedicated to the news the, the huge list of news and we we missed a lot of news but we have some discussion ahead and the big debate as I named it um, for each episode I'm selecting a topic and we discussed it and for this first episode of the season three I have selected the Amazon versus Shopify competition because I'm amazed uh, by what is happening those days those months with buy with Prime. As you know, buy with Prime is now outside Amazon platform. So if you're a seller on Amazon with uh, um, your inventory at Amazon and already in the Prime uh, contract, you can now put a buy with Prime button in your store, in your corporate store, your your own store, uh, your brand store. And then so when people are going to buy on the store, they on Shopify or any other platform, they will switch to uh, the the Amazon checkout. Uh, actually, people will enter their Amazon credentials, and then they will be in their Amazon account to pay and, and Amazon will take care of delivery. And there was a discussion when Amazon announced that it was like this spring, will Shopify accept Buy with Prime buttons on Shopify stores. For the moment, yes, Shopify does accept those buttons, but displaying a warning message in the back office. This message has been uh, um, uh, shown on the Slack on the Shopify partner Slacks in the in the recent weeks. And uh, Shopify has also its own Buy with Prime offer named Shop Promise. It starts from the US as usual, because in the US they have the the fulfillment. They have a lot of stuff that can be compared to Buy with Prime. So. We know that Shopify really likes to do some PR stunts regularly saying on the rebels, etc, in front of Amazon, do you think that this buy with buy with Prime button going out of Amazon, so coming on Shopify sites, why not, is something that would change the game and in which direction? Who wants to start on that particular point?
5: I mean, I can start if you want, I think I think I echo what Rick Watson said on his blog a few months ago where he said that this is a Trojan horse um, that I think Shopify, I mean, Toby came out and said it was going to be the greatest thing and everybody was going to benefit from it. Um, Amazon are very, excuse me, are very strict with their PID. We are a registered Amazon developer, and I can tell you the hoops we had to go through to validate and uh, encrypt and and isolate personal data was, was incredible. Um, the fact that Amazon that that Shopify is allowing that to go out to Amazon and provide Amazon with that data intelligence on what a customer is ordering, sure they take a cut on on the checkout, but all of that intelligence I think is really dangerous.
0: They, they uh, should re- they should they should forbid. The buy, I, I buy I, prime button.
5: I don't see the benefit of Shopify, frankly. I don't see the benefit for a merchant because a merchant can install an Amazon app and and be connected on Seller Central and have their data flow right through their Shopify store, or they can connect it directly. So I don't I don't see the benefit, frankly. I don't know of any of our customers that have installed it. Um, so I think, I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting play. Um, I, if I was Shopify, I'd be very worried about it. I think it's, uh, I think it's a drug course. Yes, James. I think what Robin said is
3: really interesting actually, because if none of your customers have installed it or wanted it then maybe Shopify was right to go and play this, I I thought, surprising role of saying we welcome it. It it seemed to me at the time that this was potentially a massive wedge into their customers' data. Um, And therefore, I'm not surprised. I wasn't surprised when they later started backtracking. I thought probably regretting that they ever even opened the door at all. Mm But, but if none of your customers, if none of your clients are using it, then maybe Amazon hasn't quite got the offering right yet.
0: Yeah, I just found one site for the moment. I share the URL with you guys. Uh, not easy to find a store, a Shopify store, I mean, uh, with Buy With wine. And on the brand's perspective, um, you are selling on your own site. You are selling on Amazon, perhaps on other marketplaces. Why would you be more dependent from Amazon? by giving them all the business from your own store. Yes, Lavinia.
1: Yeah, I was thinking, for example, for our clients, uh, as I mentioned, we work mainly with brands that um, fall under the huge umbrella of sustainable and ethical brands. And being associated with the name of Prime, for example, for them would be a real problem because we all know about the huge debate around how Amazon is sustainable, the type of condition it imposes on smaller brands. (laughs) So even in terms of branding, I don't think all brands will be happy to have Amazon's name on their online store and maybe some of these brands actually do sell on Amazon but you know when someone is on Amazon and maybe Google's sustainable sorry uh, searches on Amazon for sustainable fashion then it's fine to actually be on the marketplace but having that brand the Amazon brand on your online store I think there's repercussions on your brand identity and credibility if you are one of those brands at least. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. I, think, I think the other thing that would be very interesting to know is those that have installed the prime button or are considering it are they doing FEA? So F- FBA is fulfillment by Amazon. It's
0: mandatory. It's in my understanding of the of the your business. It's mandatory.
5: Yeah. So for those that are already FBA, you know, that are not doing FBM, then I would say the extension of the Prime button may make sense because their their inventory is already there. Um, <clears throat> but I agree. I think for a certain brands, there's the whole there's there's very much a, a there's very much an optic issue in terms of, okay. of of how it's going to be perceived. The other thing I think is, I, I, I also, and why I think there was a little bit of backpedaling to Giles' point is that I think there still is in the Shopify ecosystem in North America, I don't know in other parts of the world, because Amazon doesn't have the same level of penetration, but there still is, a, there there is an anti-Amazon undercurrent there.
0: So. Yes, so that would be mm. a, an issue as well. Yes, Giles.
3: Christophe, the question you asked was interesting. You said, why, why wouldn't the individual store want to do it? And, and I think that this is where Amazon's play is always so clever. It's never up to the individual store not to want to do it. It's probably always in the interest of many individual stores to do it. The question is, is it in the interest of all individual stores for Amazon to have the data to understand what consumers are doing outside of the already uh, enormous Amazon empire? Yeah. Yes,
1: yeah, especially Amazon is known for jeopardizing products that are successful and making their own version of them cheaper, uh, faster to ship, and so on and so forth. So a lot of risk there for brands, definitely. That's it what
0: like. Sh- Shopify is saying all the time, and and that's part of the Shopify PR motto uh, uh, regarding Amazon, saying with Shopify we, we are don't we are not stealing your products or your mm-hmm. clients.
2: It's like what, what Robin said at the beginning is like, it's exactly what Amazon would stop. I mean, imagine we have like a Shopify button, like we we'll never put that on, on Amazon, right? And no, you never do. And that. Amazon, yeah, we also have been through like their audit and, you know, they don't want you to keep data more than a month uh, after orders have been shipped, things like that. So, like, mixing all of these is very weird. It's really like, yeah, us and, uh, I guess it's, I mean, people, I mean, sellers shouldn't use it because you probably, probably can completely forbidden, forbidden by Shopify
0: by, by in a few weeks, three months.
5: It'll be interesting to see if they get into the big commerce world. Mm.
0: Basically, it's available so. for many platforms. Yes, Julia.
4: Yeah, I just wanted to add here and agreeing to all of the points. Um, In our region, it's very interesting. For example, when you order um, anything on Amazon, there is a dedicated delivery fee coming from Amazon. So if you need to return something from Amazon as well, it's not that you have to take package to a shipment center, but you literally ring the, um, the number or you dial on the app and someone will come to your doorstep and pick up that package. So the convenience that goes around with Amazon increases a lot, not only in COVID times that you literally don't have to leave the home but you know like a lot of a lot of let's say clients got or consumers got triggered into that um, you know smart um, way of approaching um, the the picking and packing and and shipping uh, situation by amazon that literally there was no other option um, you know other than brands listing themselves on shopify and definitely on amazon too so i think it's just interesting to watch um, how much trust uh, amazon keeps getting over the time and then how how can shopify you know let's say they explore Shopify markets um, and use the true power of all the data on those um, merchants. So that would be a question mark. And and also, example, say for example, for our region, the Arabic region does still contain a, a huge chunk of you know millions of people here. And if that's not being enabled, it kind of Amazon is the early adopter here. Shopify doesn't, you know, open the doors for this market. So they're losing out on, on, you know, the years of building trust, of being there that Amazon has um, at the moment here. This is how I see it from our corner Mm -hmm. of the world.
0: Yes, and so it's just not uh, the question for Shopify to say no one day to buy with Prime, which is not the case, I repeat. You can put a buy with Prime button on the Shopify store, but also, especially for US merchants, Shopify is providing an alternative solution, which is named ShopPromise. So there is a dedicated label you can put on the website. It's it's built on Shopify Fulfillment Network, on Shopify Payments, the whole stuff, I would say. And, and then you have a, a kind of uh, offer, uh Similar to Buy With Prime, uh, with uh, delivery uh, in one day—I don't, know, perhaps two days—but guaranteed, and, and a lot of things that are quite similar to Buy With Prime. So it will—it will be interesting as well to see if Shop Promise is—is—is—is um, is, is, um, is growing in the U.S. With the Shopify fulfillment network and see uh, if Shopify can compete on the U.S. market with BuyWisper. That would be uh, that that could provide the answer for the next step, uh, either for Amazon or for Shopify themselves on that particular battle. And that's it for the big debate. And so we had to the last part of the show just to start to say goodbye. Uh, I've prepared five questions. This is the quiz. And we will see who is on top of a lot of Shopify figures. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes of all the answers, and uh, there will be only one winner. So let's go with the first question. And, and please don't look at internet. Uh, <laughs> ah, I trust you. Okay. <laughs> hands
5: up. Uh,
0: hands on. <laughs> so first question. First question is Shopify payments is currently available. A, in 21 countries, B, in 31 countries, C, in 41 countries.
2: Portugal since yesterday,
0: i uh, say 30 something. 31 for you, Thomas. Mm. So 21, 31, yes, 31 or 41? 30, 31, 31, 31, 31
1: for you as 41, well. 41. Yeah. I'll offer 41.
0: 41 for Lavinia.
5: Yeah, I'm going to go 41 with.
0: 41. And Giles? I'm hedging
5: my bet. 31. <laughs>
0: So nobody has the right answer. You guys, you told me you were Shopify
4: experts. It's 21.
0: And just preparing these questions, I went to the Shopify, uh, help.shop, uh, help.shopify.com website. And, you, did, uh,
4: you didn't know yourself and You didn't know yourself. I, actually, <laughs> I, I, I have a, 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 a,
0: a kind of training uh, presentation and I update it regularly. But there, are, there has been like Good. four new countries in the last three <laughs> months. And on the Shopify site itself, Shopify Payments uh, uh, FAQ, it, you, you will only find mm-hmm. 19 countries the last two countries that have been uh, announced in September are not yet on the website. So the the, the count is 21, which is not big. And that's, um, you all thought that 21, uh, immediately like 21. No, not so few countries. Yes, only 21. So zero, 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 zero. <laughs> S- second question. Uh, do Shopify offers discounts on the plans? A, no. Plans are month to month, so no discount. B, yes, there is a yearly plan with 50% discount if paid up front. 50% discount, a yearly plan. C, yes, there are a two-year and a three-year plan with discounts, 25, 20 and 25% if paid up So A, no discount. B, a 50% discount for for one year. Up front C, 20 and 25 discounts for two years and three years. Upon. A, B, or C? I always C, C, I, I
1: agree.
0: C for Lavinia, C for Julia. C. Yeah. Giles? C. C as well. B and C. B and C for Thomas. None of the above. And, uh, and congratulations, Thomas! Because there is first there is a two-year and a three-year plans. I um, I discovered that very recently mm. with 20 and 25 percent discount if paid upfront. That is to say, if you pay three years to Shopify upfront, you have 25 percent. But there is also for US merchants those days currently a 50 percent discount currently for one year only up front it's currently in the US
5: so kristoff okay, i've i've heard and actually um we just signed a customer who uh was offered this plan um shopify pl- shopify plus month to month they don't talk about it you can you can go month to month and they're giving 3 months free okay hmm so it's it seems fairly new it it's i, I just
0: heard about it so um but well, it's called a client acquisition quick yeah, client acquisition
5: that's what it's all about. <laughs> I think they're making it up. I think they have their published plans, but what i what I'm hearing from the sales reps that we talk to is that they'll to get the clients signed up, they'll do anything they have to. Mm-hmm.
0: I've heard that also from some apps. <coughs> there are some apps are currently buying their clients yep. to remove yep. them for, for, from a competitor. Anyway, yep. that's not and the point. So one point for Thomas. Yes, Lavinia. Don't
1: kill me, Christophe. I'll be very quick. But just so no profits know if they listen, there's discounted plans for Shopify if you're a no profit, and also for some apps. And oh. this is something that is not well known, and we really want to stress it because. Yeah, that's
0: that's that's very important to up. say that I didn't know.
1: Yeah, either. yeah, it's very well hidden.
0: Okay, so one point for Thomas, and uh, I will. Provide provide alpha point to Lavinia, Giles, and Julia. Uh, Third question. This year, Amazon will account for A, 20% of all US retail e-commerce, B, 30% of all US retail e-commerce, and C, 40% of all US retail e-commerce. So 20, 30, or 40% in the US. Uh, Your answer? A, 20%, B, 30%, C, 40%. Thomas, C? 30. 30, so B. 40. 40. 40% for Robin. Answer C.
4: I'll go
0: also 40. with 40%. 40 for Julia.
3: 30. I think Walmart Walmart has gained too much now for Amazon to be at 40% in the US.
0: So you will go with? I'm
3: hesitating between the obvious 30 <laughs> and the daring 20 that seems to be a, bit of a winner. Okay, I'm going to go with 20.
0: So A. And Lavinia, you told me 30, 30 B. Yeah. so it's it's C. it's 40% wow. in the US. Amazon is 40% of US <coughs> retail e-commerce.
2: We ship more than FedEx right now or something about like that.
0: Yeah. And I've read that they have currently, we think they have around 90 planes, 90 well, just Amazon planes
2: in the US.
5: I think they also just placed an order for more.
0: Oh yeah, That's why uh, I, I read <coughs> something on, on that this week. Anyway, uh, question four: What was the former name of the shop app? A. Ship. B. Arrive. C. Track. The former name of the shop app. You oh, you I like I didn't know that. I would
2: say track.
5: Track. track? Yeah.
2: Track your also for Robin,
0: <laughs> yes, it was a tracking app to track deliveries. Even that's Amazon right. Lavinia, thing. you go like, first.
1: For... Uh, sorry, uh, Lavinia first. Uh, say track.
0: Julia,
4: I would say arrive because it's more logic, but I wouldn't. I just guess. And
0: Giles? I'll go with
3: track also. Right.
0: Oh, that's why it's my my. Um... Uh, julia congratulations it's arrived oh wow and, good, yes. <laughs> and, and Chip and track were my own IDs for the name of the thing so they, they rebranded uh arrived as shop app like two years ago and mm-hmm. arrive was first uh, an app only to track deliveries and they reached like fif- uh, 15 or 16 million users and then they rebranded it as shop and it became a kind of Discovery app uh, and more and more on marketplace, because you can buy on shop app in the US, for instance, with Shopee. And now there are more than 100 million users, mainly in North America.
2: Well, it's a great app.
0: Yes, uh, in, in Europe, because you, you can't, you, you don't even have the search bar in Europe, in the shop sure. app. So you, you cannot use it uh, as you sure. can use it in, 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 uh, in North America. And the last question, okay. how many Shopify plus partners in the world? Approximatively three hundred, or one thousand, or five thousand Shopify Plus partners. Ah. A
4: plus, a, yeah. a. 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 approximately three
0: hundred. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Robin. So, also, uh, and uh, Lavinia and Thomas. Two. Three hundred. General agreement. Yes. Giles? A. A. Yes. Yeah. You all win. But we have two of them around the table: Julia, Robin. You yes. are Shopify Plus partners, correct? Yeah. So that's why you know the number. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's three hundred out of uh, Shop, the, the global Shopify partner community must be like 50,000 even more. Yeah,
2: thousand, thousand, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I didn't count actually. So no losers, no winners. That was just for the fun. And and this is the end uh, of this episode. Uh, thank you all for joining me for this experimentation. Uh, I don't know how to say And I I hope you enjoyed. And uh, um, let's say uh, a a global goodbye all together because I don't know how to end this episode. So have a great day, Robin. Have a great afternoon, uh, Lavinia Giles. Have a great uh, beginning of evening, not yet afternoon, Julia, in between. Evening for me already. (laughs) Yeah, so evening Uh, and Thomas, you can go to bed (laughs) in Japan. Thank, thank you all and um, thank you, thanks thanks
1: you for so. and, uh, thank you
0: next episode in two months <laughs> thank
1: nice. you
2: take care thanks, awesome. thanks. Bye-bye. thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. bye 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 bye